Good morning, Gateway. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. I always count this a great honor to stand in this place and to share God's word with the body of Christ. And I want to say thank you to our leaders this morning for entrusting that to me today. And we have uh, a few weeks, a few months ago, I should say, I spoke to Julia Todd about helping out in the EAL class because uh, I was wondering if she needed some help with teaching proper Canadian English. (laughs) She looked at me and she chuckled and she smiled and she said, you know, we can always use help. But she never said nothing about the English part, so (laughs) I'll leave that to your conclusion. But anyway, we're going to look at Psalm 27 this morning. Us Newfies say Psalm, you say Psalm. Okay, so it's Psalm 27. But uh, if you have your devices or your Bibles this morning, you can turn there as we uh, begin. But have you ever been in a place of difficulty in your life? Who am I kidding? We've all been there. Maybe you are here, here, there today. Maybe there are circumstances in which you just don't know what is going to happen or how they will all turn around. And I know that is true for us right now. We have just dissolved a business partnership, which I lost my truck that I need for work. So although a friend have loaned me one for a short time, I still need my own soon to continue to provide for my family. But God has given us a specific word when all of this started to unfold. And he said, we will come out on top. And right at this moment, we don't know how that looks. But God is in the midst of our every circumstance. And when our faith and confidence is in him, he will never fail. And God is in the midst of whatever difficult or challenging situation you find yourself in here this morning. He has us covered. He was also with David in his situation. Whatever the problem was that David was facing when Psalm 27 was written, God was there right by his side. David was confident of this. Let's look at the passage of Scripture this morning where David famously declares, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The title of my message is Living in a Place of Confidence. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Another version says, The Lord is the the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high up on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. 
I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this good day that you have given us, and we thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I ask, Lord, that your word will go forth, Lord, and it will not return void, but it will accomplish what you have set for it to do today. May our hearts and our ears be open, Lord, to receive what you have to say to us. Holy Spirit, work it into our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the first three verses, we see that David was in a place of trouble. He seemed to have a lot of problems going on in his life. We don't know for sure what they were. Bible students think this psalm might have been written before he was king, and his troubles were Saul's opposition, which had caused David to flee after the old embittered king had tried to murder him. Another suggestion is this psalm was written after Absalom's rebellion, and the people who were making David's life so painful were his own family members. Whatever the reason, he was in a deep and dark place with enemies, causing him to be overwhelmed with fear. He was in a place of great weakness, but he knew that God could deliver him and watch over his life. The details of the situation don't matter, but his actions there do. David acknowledged that God was his light, was his salvation and defense, and so was able to face his fears with courage and confidence. He knew that God alone could give him what he needed to face his problems. In those dark days, he came to know that God was his light, a term denoting hope. In his troubles, he was assured that God was his salvation, a term denoting deliverance. And in his weakness, he knew that God was the defense of his life, a word suggesting strength. When David was surrounded by problems, he did not focus on the problems. He focused on God. He focused on the adequacy of God to help him deal with his problems. David did not cry out, What am I going to do? Instead, he cried out, What is God able to do? David understood that God was bigger than anything that came his way. What we think about God will determine what we do with our problems. What we think about God will determine what we do with our problems. Maybe some of us are here today are in a place of adversity, a place of weakness, 
a dark place in which we can't seem to see the light at the end of the tunnel. My friends, God is able to turn our darkness into light. He is able to turn our turmoil into a peace that surpasses all understanding. And he is able to turn our weakness into strength. David, in the midst of all his problems, whatever they all were, had great, great confidence in the God of Israel. Charles Spurgeon said, where there is no confidence in God, there will be no continuance with God. You may ask, how could David be so confident and resolve to trust in God? Let's look at four places David built his confidence and know that we can do the same. The first place we want to look at this morning is he came into a place of presence. In verse 4, we see David crying out to the Lord with all his heart that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. This, my friends, is his consuming passion to be in the presence of the Lord God himself. David did not want a quick visit there and then go away again and brood on his troubles. He wanted to dwell here. That word to dwell means to sit in, be in peace, to gaze upon, to spend time in God's presence. It is to open our heart's door to Christ and to allow His Holy Spirit's presence to fill us unceasingly. As Jesus promises us, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will abide with you forever, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John fourteen fifteen to 17. We see examples of this throughout Scripture where people were in places of great trouble, of great testing, but deliberately chose to turn to God. One example of this is Hezekiah in 2 Kings 18 and 19. The scripture says that Hezekiah held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord had given to Moses. Yet the king of Assyria attacked him and sent him a letter, letter telling him he was as good as dead. When he received the ill report, the word says, he found himself drawing on the God he trusted. As soon as he received a letter from the hand of the messengers, he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before him. He brought his problem into God's presence. Another example we find in Scripture is David in Ziglag. In 1 Samuel 30, we see he returned there to find the place, and everything in it burned up, and his wife and children nowhere to be seen. Together with the families of all his men, they have been taken and everything belonging to him have been destroyed. What's more, his friends all blamed David for what had happened. David could have very easily turned bitter in this moment. But instead he strengthened himself in the Lord his God, 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says. And he brought his problems into God's presence. 
David's problems drove him deeper into God rather than pulled him further away from him. He earnestly desired fellowship with the Lord when he encountered life's pressures. Charles Spurgeon also said that problems either make us bitter or they make us better. David's allowed his problems to certainly make him better, for they drove him to depend upon God and to have faith in him. And I remember a particular time in my life a few years ago when I was at a place where it seemed as if everything I had ever worked for was being destroyed and taken away from me. Life was tough and the situation wasn't looking very bright for us. We had hit some difficult circumstances after moving to Winnipeg. Being obedient to the voice of God, we thought things would be quite rosy. But it was the total opposite. Life took some unexpected turns and things got tough financially for us, so much so we had to sell off many of our possessions we had worked so hard to have. Things such as our family travel our, uh, trailer that we use for our family vacation every year. A cargo trailer that I had for all my work tools that was a, a need to have. And we downsized our family vehicle to make it more affordable and more economical, most of which was paid for, I might add. It was a dark place for us in our lives. But in the same time, I was blessed with a trip to a conference in Calgary. And when I was at my lowest point and through one of the guest speakers who had no idea who I was, where I was from, or what I had, or what had been going on in my life, spoke into my life and said, you may feel as if you are in a place of Ziegler right now. Things may be falling apart all around you. And you are questioning, why is this all happening? But you have not let go of your faith. You are hanging on to the God in whom you have put your faith and trust. I'm here to tell you this night that the Father says, your heavenly Father says, hold fast, son, keep your head high, I am proud of you. That, my friends, was a moment of breakthrough for me. Through all life's circumstances, through all the hardship and turmoil, I was assured that if my faith and trust remained in God, that he would see me through the other side of this, and I would come out better because of it. Again, it was a situation where it makes you better or it makes you bitter. And thanks be to God, I've been made better through him because of it. You may be in a situation here today. You don't know what you're going to do with it. But if you let it drive you into God, it will serve to make you better instead of bitter. The choice is ours. Let's look at our second place, place where we can be confident this morning. A place of praise. In verse 5 and 6 we read, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high up on a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. 
and I will offer his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Now the presence of God David has come into is beginning to permeate him. Hope is rising up. He is sure that God is going to conceal him, to hide him, to lift him up above his circumstances and set his feet on the rock. Spurgeon again once said, God gives us the best of shelter in the worst of circumstances. And in verse 6, David begins to praise God. He says, I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Here he is turning his place of presence into a place of praise. He turns his gaze to the Lord and fixes his eyes upon him instead of the circumstance that is before him. What does this do to our enemies, my friends? It causes them to flee. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big your God is. He is a God who is greater than any mountain that we face. He is one who sticks closer than a brother and who will never leave us and never forsake us. He loves each and every one of us so much. And if we turn to him in praise and place our cares and concerns on him, he will lift us up above them. Every blessing you pour out, Lord, we turn back to praise as we sometimes sing. And Psalms 8, 2 says, praise will put the enemy in his rightful place. God is faithful, church. Amen? Amen. 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 We see this in the story of Jehoshaphat after he was attacked by not one king but three. Defeat and destruction seemed inevitable. But the king praised God by sending the choir onto the battlefield and had them sing, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. That word routed in the Hebrew means they were defeated. They were beaten. Praise, my friends, defeats the enemy because when we turn our praise to the Lord, he goes to work on our behalf and commissions the angels to do what only he can do on our behalf. God is faithful and worthy of all our praise. Amen? Are we in that place today? Praising God despite the pressures. Worshiping in the midst of warfare. Being thankful when there is a lot to grumble over. This is the second place here that David found confidence. Now let's move on to the third place of confidence. A place of prayer. Verse 7 and 8 says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. David is crying out, be gracious to me, O Lord. Answer me when I cry out. But God turns the tables and issues David with an invitation of his own. Seek my face. This is for us even today, church. 
God is saying amid all your problems, seek my face. I don't know what situation you find yourself in here this morning, but I know that God is waiting for you, you and I, to call on him. To seek him for our answer because he already knows what you and I need before we even ask. He is a good, good father, and he desires for us to press into him, to spend time communicating with him, listening to that still, small voice that guides us and leads us through these trying and difficult circumstances. And this is something that God has spoken to me about just recently in my life. In one of my daily conversations, which is a new thing, by the way, with the Lord, I was communicating with Him on some things in my life. And one thing He brought to my attention and spoke to me was that I need to increase my prayer life more. I thought I was doing fine, but here we are. He has the answers that we need. It's up to me to seek him, and if I seek him, he promises that I will find him. And I believe also, I felt, I felt the Lord drop in my spirit, and I believe that this is true for us corporately as well this morning. And I believe the Lord is saying to come up higher. You have done well in serving me and listening to my instruction. But I have more for you, says the Lord. I am calling you to new heights, new levels in me. Come up to where I am. Let me take you to this new level in me. Let me show you what I have for you, says the Lord. Seek me and you will find me in that still place. You are my sons and my daughters in whom I am well pleased. But now it's time to come up to a new place a greater level in me. Join your faith. Believe God for the impossible in your life, in your family, in your church, as I lead you and guide you into these things, says the Lord. And I believe this morning that that is a word for us. And I believe that that goes along with us expanding because that is expanding us. That's expanding our inner man and that's expanding our spiritual man and causing us to come up to a new level. In the face of danger, trials, and problems, God invites us to seek Him. For in God alone we will find a comfort, we will find a protection, we will find a perspective, we will find a guidance, and we will find a strength. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Psalms 50, 14 to 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. These verses describe David's commitment to the Lord and his resolve to depend upon him. God invited David to seek his face, and God calls us this morning to do the same. I was in a terrible place in my life some years ago, struggling deeply in anger, bitterness, hurts, unforgiveness, offense. I just didn't know what to do with it all. I found myself having to confess these things and recognize that it was destroying me. 
I needed to take these things to the Lord and lay them down before Him. It took me much time to overcome this situation I was in, but I had to surrender. I had to repent of the wrong in my life. I had to seek the face of God to gain the strength and ability to deal with this in my life and also the roots of where it came from. I couldn't do it on my own. I had to pray. I had to spend time with the Lord seeking His will and purpose in my life. With some time and discipline, I found myself viewing life differently. I found myself being increased with joy, being increased with peace. And with love for all men. God delivered me and set me free of the bondage that held me down and burdened me for so many years. And it came by seeking Him and spending that time with Him, allowing Him to work in and on me and on my life to mold me and shape me to help guide me to the place I am here today. It wasn't a breeze to get to this place. It took seeking the Lord, and it still takes seeking the Lord to continue to grow and continue to move and walk in the things He has for us. Whatever the situation you find yourself in today, seek the Lord and He will not disappoint you for what you are seeking for. If you are in a place of prayer, I encourage you, keep doing it. Keep seeking the Lord, and He will do great and mighty things in your life, in your family, in the circumstances you encounter. Keep it up. Maybe you're here and you're wallowing in your problems. Maybe you have a pity party happening in your life. I want to encourage you. Stop that and come into the place of God's presence. Take it into God's presence to praise Him for all the good He has done and is doing in your life, and find yourself into a place of prayer where He can guide you and lead you for whatever situation, whatever circumstance, whatever you need in your life. He can bring you to this place if you seek Him, and if you seek Him, he will, you will find Him. He promised. Our last and final point of confidence that I want to bring to your attention this morning is a place of proclamation. Verse 13 and 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This, my friends, is faith. The psalmist proclaims his faith and conviction that God will come through for him. He proclaims, I will see the goodness of the Lord, not just in heaven, but in the land of the living. Not just in eternity, but right here, right now, on earth, in these circumstances. And I believe we can see that too. God intervening on our behalf. The word goodness here also means the very best, the most beautiful, and that brings gladness and joy. Seeing the goodness of God is God transforming the very worst situation into the very best. He will give us beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. 
Joseph was a great example of this. He went from the pit to the palace, from being a prisoner to being prime minister, from the lowest place to the highest. He saw the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God intervened on his behalf and has turned his ugly situation into something beautiful. And I believe he wants to do the same for you and I this morning. And you say, what do we do in the meantime? David tells us, twice in the last verse, he tells us to wait for the Lord. That word comes 16 times in the Psalms and means to entwine, to wrap around, to bind oneself to. It doesn't mean to just passively wait, sit down and God is going to do this. But it means to take action, be joined with God, bind ourselves to him, to his purposes and his will, to be expectant over the situation. God is sovereign and he is in control and will transform the worst into the very best. In my work situation, I know I will see the goodness of the Lord. And I know God will provide for us. What about that marriage that's struggling to hang on today? Bind yourself to the Lord and stand on the truth that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You may be in a place of barrenness, a place of great depression, anxiety, fear. Let the truth of this psalm be your compass. You will see the goodness of the Lord in that circumstance. So wait for him. Give yourself to him. Wrap yourself around him. Bind yourself to him and align yourself with him. In conclusion, I just want to share a quick version of a situation like this that had happened with some very dear friends of ours. They foster three beautiful children and have so since these children were infants. These children are cared for and loved as if they are their own biological kids. A situation occurred in their home where one of the girls landed the wrong way on her arm and it broke. Even though the parents were innocent, the kids were all removed from the home right away. No exceptions. There were investigations, long drawn out meetings, court appearances and so on to prove the innocence of this couple. Through all this turmoil and chaos, they chose to turn to God as their strength and as their protector in all of this. They spoke the word and they pressed into the Lord and bound themselves to him and declared that they would see the goodness of the Lord in this situation. And my friends, I can testify this morning that after standing firm and pressing into God and allowing him to make them better instead of bitter, they saw their first two children come back home after 13 months. It was a long time, but they stood faithful. And God awarded them with the, with the restoration of their family. But the battle wasn't over. And they continued to believe God. And we stood in faith together, believing that this family would be completely restored and just a few weeks ago, four and a half years, their last little girl came home. God is faithful, and he wants us to bind ourselves to him, wait in his presence, and allow him to work 
on our behalf. We witnessed the goodness of the Lord in their situation as they stood and waited on God and stood firm on him and his faithfulness. David started out the journey in this psalm with a problem, and he moved into faith. He went from his problem into God's presence, then from presence into praise. From here he moved into prayer, and finally into a place of proclamation, knowing that he will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and committing himself to wrap himself around the God who he is going to transform the worst into the best of circumstances. David is no longer under his circumstance, but stands boldly above them. And so can we. God bless you.